Welcome back to another episode of the Couples Healing Podcast. I'm happy to be here today because we're going to talk about something very important because it's a common situation that many people get stuck in. She will wonder, how do I know that he's telling the truth? How do you navigate that situation when he says that he is? She says, I don't know if I can believe you. Is there a way to tell if he's telling the truth? How do you, what kind of questions can you ask to move forward in a productive way so both of you feel understood? And as always, these episodes are for both him and her because it's so important that we speak to both sides so each of you can understand both sides and know how to move forward because in this episode in particular, there are a lot of times that men are telling the truth and they really legitimately are telling the truth, but she still has a hard time believing that. So he's going to wonder what can he do as well? How can he help her to be able to bridge this gap? And so we're going to talk about these things in this episode today. So many couples are looking for a path forward after there has been damage done by pornography addiction. After working with hundreds of couples as a therapist, I want you to know that there is hope for you. Hope for your relationship to become stronger, to rebuild the trust and the connection, and to rid the addiction from your lives permanently. And in this podcast, I'll be sharing with you the tools and the strategies that you need to heal both individually and in your relationship. My name is Sam Tielemans, and welcome to the Couples Healing Podcast. Okay. Today, again, we're going to talk all about what do you do in these situations when she says, what if I don't believe what he's saying? I was working with a client just recently, and this is is what inspired this episode. She's like, what if I don't believe what he's saying? What if I'm having a hard time taking in the fact that he's saying that it's true, he's telling me the truth, or he really is working on things this time? How How do I navigate this? And I think this is a situation that so many women and men both get stuck in because a lot of the guys that I work with as they're doing their work and they're really committed to the process, they tell their wife, honey, I'm telling you the truth. X, Y, Z happened or X, Y, Z didn't happen or whatever situation they're trying to discuss, they're saying, I'm telling you the truth. But the wife can have a hard time believing that sometimes and I totally understand why. And I, I hope that as we talk about in this episode today, both people can come to a greater understanding of what to do in these moments because so often there's a stalemate. And it's, yes, yes, I'm telling the truth. No, you're not. Yes, I am. Well, how can I believe you? I've heard this before. So this, again, this episode was inspired by this couple that I was working with where he started to do some excellent work after just a few sessions because he was starting to understand why he would turn away from her, why he would slip back into old patterns. He would start to understand the core of the addiction for him was his need to avoid pain because of how how bad it's like it was his shame it's a lot of the stuff that we've been talking about over these episodes his shame of not being a good person his shame of hurting his wife the pain that he's caused her leads him to shut down put a wall up and avoid and then eventually the pain becomes so great he doesn't know how to manage the emotions that he then turns to something to distract him which then causes her more damage so it's just the cycle continues but after they started working with me, he had been doing some um, like fantastic work. I was so proud of the exchanges that they were having, the communication. They were learning new skills and tools and implementing them very quickly. So it was very, it's like such a cool thing to see when people are able to make these changes in a short amount of time. And so as a result, she says, well, how do I know that this is real this time? And I think that's a fair question. And I think it's understandable for her to wonder. And what she went on to say was, for so long, 
we've gone through these spells of we felt good for a little bit and then everything came crashing down again. And then I got my hopes up because we started to make progress again together. And then I found out that there's something else was going on or there was another slip that there was a lot of, she calls them false starts. It's all these false starts. How, how can I know if we're actually getting off the ground this time? I think that's such a good question. And so number one, what I would say to her, and as he listens, this is important that he understands this as well. Wherever she is in the process, it's perfectly okay for her to feel however she feels. If she doesn't have any trust and doesn't believe anything that he says, it's okay for her to be there. We can't pressure her. We can't make her believe certain things. Even if it's true, we can't make her believe it. And so if she feels suspicion or if there's a wall up and she says, this might be another false start, I'm afraid to give my, I'm afraid to open up and really try to be vulnerable again because I don't want to get hurt. It's so important that she understands and that he hears this as well. It's 100% okay for her to be there. And it's very normal. And I think if the shoe was on the other foot, he, again, this is where it's so hard because sometimes the men haven't had the experience of what she's going through. So it's just kind of like an intellectual understanding of like, okay, yeah, I get this is hard, but they don't understand the depth of it because I just haven't been through it. If the shoe was on the other foot, he would feel the same way. And so I think having a degree of compassion and understanding that it's such a risk for her to bring her wall down and try to put herself out there and be open and be vulnerable and start to trust again and then find out that either something was happening or she truly does open up and lets him in and gives it another shot, and then an old pattern shows up, they get derailed, and then she gets hurt again. It's a very scary place for her to be. So I think number one, speaking to her, it's important that you know it's absolutely okay for you to be wherever you are in the process. There's nothing wrong, there's no wrong. All we do is start wherever we are. The thing that I wanna say to him is that I wanna encourage you to try to see this from her angle from her perspective of if she opens up and she gets hurt, it's very difficult to do the same thing again. It's like, okay, I'm going to put my hand on a stove. Is it on? Is it not on? I'm going to put my hand on the stove and then I get burned again. So she says, I'm not going near that again. And then eventually it's like, okay, I'm going to give this another shot. She puts her hand out there. It gets burned again. I hope that you can understand and start to see that this is a scary thing for her because opening up and risking to let you in it, it truly is, it's a, it's a risk because there is a possibility, there's a potential of getting hurt. And in any relationship, addiction or not, in any relationship, there's a potential to get hurt. That's why it's like, it's this double-edged sword. Marriages and relationships are a double-edged sword. Number one, on one side, it can be the greatest, most amazing experience for us as human beings to fully be loved and accepted and seen and to feel like we matter, that's one of the most transcendent experiences that we can have as people because that speaks to how we are made and wired is for connection. So when we get that, it's like oxygen to our soul. The other side of that sword is as a result of how much these relationships mean, then the possibility for completely being devastated and crushed is also there Because the other person has so much influence and power to affect us. 
And that's not, again, like sometimes we talk about things, I, I hear this word of codependence being thrown around. I think that just comes from a, a misunderstanding of what that word is. Just as a quick sidebar, because again, people think like, well, maybe I shouldn't rely on my partner. Maybe I should be more independent. I think that's just a faulty way of seeing how we're made as people. Again, with so much research, attachment theory, if anybody wants more information on that, it's it's what we're talking about in terms of how important connection is to somebody else. And we've had decades of research to demonstrate the validity of the fact that we are made as human beings, we're social creatures. So you can't just say, okay, I'm going to live on this island and be independent emotionally. I don't need anybody else. The reason why women feel betrayal is because we rely on and we lean on our partner. And so when it when we find out that there's something that was not true or there's something that's, that they're doing that's causing pain, that's the reason why we feel pain is because there's that sense of betrayal because of the bonds that we create in re- significant relationships. So sometimes when people say codependency, I just think that's a... Uh, it's a it's a flawed way of looking at it because really the person who developed and coined that term codependent, it was never supposed to be in this context. So there was, uh, I think it was back in the 70s, um, Melody Pia, she talks about this idea of codependence and she the reason why she developed that term was because in Alcoholics Anonymous, you were considered like a co-alcoholic. This was way back when, right? You've got the alcoholic and then the co-alcoholic which had just basically made it a problem for for the wife. If, okay, oh, you must be tolerating this. You must be a part of this problem. Therefore, you, you're you going to get this label of co-alcoholic. And that's such an absurd thing. And they've shied away from that, which is good because it's caused so much damage for people to think about things in those terms. And the codependent label was used originally to describe the spouse of person who is dependent on drugs a drug addict, a drug dependent. Therefore, you're a co-dependent. And then it morphed into this thing of like making it a problem for us to lean on our partner, making it a problem for us to want connection and to be hurt when we don't have it. So I think it's just been so misconstrued. So I wanted to do a quick little sidebar because it's so important that we do have these connections, right? This is the whole basis of the, the, the path to healing in a relationship. Okay, so going back to this thread that we're talking about, It's important that he knows that this idea of her being able to open up and trust is scary because it can cause so much pain. So I think having having some compassion and understanding about that is important. Now, the other thing that I would say is one of the things that makes that compassion and understanding difficult is how they are perceiving this situation. I've worked with so many men where they are doing the best that they can and she still doesn't believe what he's saying. So for him, he gets frustrated. He gets he feels discouraged. He feels demotivated because he says, nothing that I'm doing is enough. This must mean that I'm not doing a good enough job or else she would feel differently. This is the area that I want to be so clear about to challenge. And I want you to understand this, husbands, as you're listening, men, as you're listening, regardless of how much good work you're doing, the pace will be what it is. So it doesn't, if she's still feeling mistrustful or distrustful and she doesn't immediately open up and the wall doesn't come down, that doesn't mean you're not doing the right things. That doesn't mean you're not doing a good job. Again, it's important that you hear that. There is a delay between your efforts and the influence or impact that they have on her. 
So you could be doing everything, quote unquote, right. You could be doing everything that she might need in order to start rebuilding trust. But please understand that there is a delay between your efforts and the result that you're going to see. Another way to look at this is there's this book called Atomic Habits. It's fascinating. Excellent book. He says that one of the reasons why people stop uh, implementing habits or one of the reasons why they don't new healthy habits don't take right away and many people give them up is because of what we're talking about right now. There is a delay. And the analogy that he uses was, imagine having an ice cube and you put it on a table. Let's say you're in one of those big commercial size, you know, like if you go to the grocery store, these massive freezers. Let's say you're in a freezer, you put an ice cube on a table and the temperature in the freezer is 26 degrees. If you bump that up to 27 degrees, nothing is going to happen. If you bump it up to 28, 29, all the way to 31 degrees, nothing will happen. Yet there are changes being made. The air, the temperature is increasing, it's rising, but you're not seeing the effect of it until you cross the threshold into 32 and beyond. The same thing is true when it comes to rebuilding trust. It's okay that there's a delay. It's okay for her to feel how she is, feel however she feels. Please know that that's not an indication necessarily. And in, in, in most cases, if you're doing the work, that's not an indi indication of the fact that it's not working. It is not an indication of the fact that you're not doing a good enough job, right? I hope that you can understand and hear that. So it's okay for her to feel how she does and there will be a delay, but as you do the work, as you bump it up from 26, 27, 28 degrees, you will notice a difference. Now, sometimes the, the women will feel like, well, how do I know when I can start to really let my wall down? I can see he's doing good work. I can see that he's trying. I, I'm understanding more about addiction. I get more about him specifically and why he turns to it. I'm getting that that the, the, all these things affect how he interacts and I can see the changes that he's making. So how can I know when I can bring my wall down? Or another question they'll ask is, how do I know if he's actually telling me the truth? And I think sometimes people wonder that legitimately, and I get that I think that's a good question is how can I know if he's telling the truth? The truth, the reality is that you can't. In so many instances, you can't know verifiably that he's telling the truth. That's one of the things that can make this difficult if you're looking for those types of evidence or facts or things that you can confirm is that you, you can't. And you might say, well, if I looked at, so this is, again, I'll, I'll share this with clients that I work with. Sometimes people will say, like husbands will say, the men will say, I'm telling the truth. I did not talk to so-and-so. I never called her. I never texted this person or whatever. Let's just say texted or web search or whatever this, the, the, the details might be. He says, I did not do that. And she says, well, how, I can't believe you. And he says, well, let's pull up the phone records. I have nothing to hide. It doesn't matter. Like, let's go look. And then she looks at the phone records and sure enough, the, the, there was no phone call made. And he says, see, like, I'm telling you, this is, this is me demonstrating to you. I'm trying to prove to you I didn't call this person. And instead of her saying, okay, you know what? I don't see it on the phone records. Yeah, you must be right. Okay, I believe you now. What tends to happen more than that is she says, you've just gotten better at hiding it. You contacted her on another phone. How do I know you don't have another phone? How do I know you didn't meet up with her? 
How do I know that, right? And you fill in the blank with any other concern or objection that she might have. And again, understandably that she'll have these objections because she's been hurt in the past. So her mind is, our minds are wired for safety and protection. Our minds are not wired to make us happy. Happiness is our job. The mind is wired to, to scan for threats and scan for danger. So when she goes to that place of, yeah, yeah, it's not on the records, but that's just her mind doing what it's meant to do. So you really can't verify most things. So then the question is, well, what do you do? The strongest predictor of whether or not things are good or if things are different is, is simply how do you feel? And I know that some of you, when you hear that, you might think like, okay, well, that sounds ridiculous because sometimes I don't even know how I feel. Sometimes I can't trust my feelings. So I always share this story that I think is relevant here. Worked with a couple where they were doing excellent work and she still had reservations, understandably so. Again, this is normal. And he, he just, he, he understood that it was okay and normal for her to feel those things. And he was just committed to doing the, the things that he needed to do and surrendering the outcome or allowing the outcome. The outcome is inevitable. It will happen. You will get there. Trust will be rebuilt when you do the right things or the things that build that trust. And then again, it gets to the point where she then can choose and can feel like it's time for me to start to let my wall down. I can see that changes are happening. And so it was for them. They started to bring the wall down. They started to make tremendous progress together. They felt closer. They could feel a sense of connection that they hadn't had. And that is the barometer. That is the measuring stick that will allow you to know things are different because I can feel it. And so once you start to feel connected with your partner, you're going to know what I'm talking about. You're going to feel a sense of openness. So what are some markers of that? You're going to feel a sense of openness. You're going to feel a different, this is again, so hard to sometimes describe this. There's like a different energy in your interactions. There's a different quality to how you feel. It's like there's the, the, the compartmentalization. You're going to start to notice that there's openness instead. There's integration. There is a sense of being present. There's a sense of feeling close. There's, you're going to, uh, you're going to feel that that wall isn't there. That's how you're going to know if you are connecting and making progress together because you can't fake connection. You can say the right things, but the energy just is different and it won't support that. That's why sometimes people can feel like something is off, even though their partner might say, no, we're good. Everything's good. I'm on the right track, but they can just feel or sense that's just, I don't know, something feels off to me. And then it might come out that thing, something actually was off because again, I can feel that. And so with this particular couple, there was this, the situation was such that he had an affair with somebody at work and for the same reason, it was a distraction. It was, he didn't know how to cope with his pain not an excuse, but she started to understand this. He, they each started to understand the reason why. And he took the steps. Again, the reason why it's important to understand why it happens is so you can take steps to solve the core of the problem. We want to understand it so we can resolve it so it doesn't keep happening. So they started to understand it. And he took the steps to resolve the pain. He started to open up to her. He started to let her in on an emotional level and talk about his fears and inadequacies and concerns and just let her in more fully. And by virtue of doing that, the connection that he got resolved the core of the pain that he was in. 
So again, there was no there was no temptation or need for him to turn to anybody else or anything else to distract him from the pain because he was getting that resolved within his relationship, which is the whole premise of what we're talking about in, in the podcast. We are building the relationship to be able to use it as a resource for not only our own, in, for like, because it creates such a level of fulfillment because of how we're wired, but on an individual level, we grow as people. And so their situation was such where after that affair took place, they set up these boundaries because they worked together. They set up some some guidelines or some boundaries that said, okay, in order for her to feel safe, she did not want him to have interactions with her that were anything beyond strictly professional. Where if they had to talk or consult for a project at work, then they did so. But then it didn't get to be some friendly conversation about, hey, how's everything going? And just talk as friends. She didn't want that. And he was like, that's perfectly understandable. I can do that. That's no problem. So then there was a day that he went to work. And the so what happened was he went to work and it was a weekend. And then right before he was leaving work, the the woman came to him and said, hey, how you doing? What do you, you know, just what's going on this weekend? In like a, it wasn't an inappropriate conversation. It was a harmless conversation, but it was something that crossed the line that they had both decided was the new line. So again, the content of the of the conversation was not inappropriate, but the conversation was inappropriate because it had crossed the line. You see what I mean? In that, in that, that they, in that, that they had decided they had decided what the line was. As a result of that, it was a short conversation, just a few minutes. But he knew, like, ah, I crossed the line. He comes home. The instant he walks in the door, she asks the question, what happened? And he says, what do you mean? And she said, I know something happened. Like, what happened today? And so he's like, and so instead of saying, nothing, we're good, everything's fine, he did what he needed to do and said, you know, today, earlier, so-and-so came to me and she asked this question. We had a very short conversation. And I didn't ask her any questions about what she was doing this weekend. I answered her questions and, and you know, we spent some time talking. Uh, but that, that's, that's what happened at work today. So I use this story. And again, like not to go into the details of like what we did next, but it's like essentially they were able to resolve like the short version of it, I guess, some of the details or the short version of this is that they were able to come back together, reinforce the understanding have him own take ownership of that and repair. And as he did that, then that helped to repair the damage and, and recenter them with this renewed commitment of this is this is what we need to do. In order for our relationship to thrive, we need to have this in place. And so they were back on the same place because they were able to resolve it. Instead of that causing a fight and blew everything up into, into them not speaking for a week, they resolved it by using the tools that we had talked about in session. But the reason why I tell this story is because this is such a perfect way to describe what we're saying with regard to how do you feel? Because if you feel like something is, like you're going to know if something is off if you feel like something is off. Now, I say that with a caveat. Sometimes, and when somebody is doing their work, a lot of times, they can something can feel off, but it doesn't actually mean that they're back in addiction. Something can feel off because on the way home, somebody cut them off and they're upset or they're annoyed at somebody at work or they just feel overwhelmed and stressed or they might be beating themselves up about something completely unrelated or there might be a challenge about anything, right? There could be 
something can be off, but it doesn't actually have to mean it has to do with addiction. Something can just be off individually. You're going to feel that as well. So the goal in the process is to be able to learn the tools to create connection and to help both of you get comfortable and develop the muscle memory to be able to share and to be open and to connect and to be vulnerable and to build the relationship and to let each other in so you have the relationship as a resource so that when something does feel off, you are each able to go to each other and share to be able to recenter. Again, relationship is such an important way that we can, re- it's one of the most powerful ways as human beings that we can recenter emotionally is by sharing and seeking support from somebody else. And so again, you're going to, this is where it's going to be like this kind of process where you're going to learn as you go. But the reality and the truth is that you can't prove that something is wrong, but you can rely on these feelings based on the interactions that you have to tell, does something feel off? And the more you build the muscle memory to share, again, the work, the goal is to, like these moments will come up, but bigger than these moments is developing the skills to be able to let each other in. And so once you do that, the outcome is inevitable. You will feel a sense of connection. You will feel then when something is off and you're going to start to notice and pay attention to and be aware of when things feel off in a very destructive way versus a stressed way or a, I had a bad day kind of a way. And the more you guys build up the muscle memory and have those tools to be able to communicate in those moments, that is what's going to help you resolve and feel recentered. Let's say it's a, it's a, I'm just a stress. Let's just say I'm a really stressed out. Uh, it's, it's been a really stressful day, kind of a, a, an off feeling. The goal is to be able to reconnect to be able to come back together to let each other in so that when you do that, you will then be able to feel that things recenter. This is very important. When things feel like they recenter, it helps to bring that sense of emotional balance. So I guess I can't emphasize enough the goal, the overarching goal. The work that we do largely is outside of these moments because once you know how to handle these by sharing and, and communicating in an, in, a, in an effective way, in a transparent way, that will then help you to feel like you can recenter. Just like it was for my client, after they had that conversation, they were able to come back together, recenter, and things felt fine again because they were. Because he was able to own and and recommit and let her in on what happened. And that was what recentered them. So they got that feeling back of, hey, we're good, because they were, right? I want to make sure that that's clear for you guys because that's such an important piece to this. The last thing that I want to share is that and so what I want to encourage you all to do is focus on building the relationship outside of these moments so that when these moments do arise you'll know what to do and focusing on learning how to connect focusing on how to repair any damage that happens being able to get on the same page and resolving issues between you two will create that sense of connection so that when something happens, when things feel off, you're going to be able to feel that and know that you can either talk about it or know that things actually are off and they need to be resolved. So I hope that this episode has made sense and that it helps you to know this is how you can navigate those moments and 
there's nothing else that'll give you a greater return than being able to build this sense of connection and knowing how to repair and really come back together because that will be your measuring stick for how do we feel? Are we okay? Can I let my wall down? Can I start to trust? You will be able to feel that and slowly, it's brick by brick, it's not a light switch, brick by brick, you're able to safely let the wall down in proportion to the work that he's doing and the feeling that it creates as you guys connect. The last note that I'll share, sometimes people focus mostly, when I say do the work, people, uh, before they kind of, before I have a chance to explain this, like sometimes I'll work with people after they've been doing this work for three years, four years, five years, 10 years, they've been working for so long, they've been trying for so long. So often what I find is that the thing that most people are missing is this emotional piece, it's the connection piece. They might be doing very good individual work. They might be going to, uh, you know, doing the things that are beneficial for them individually, which is good, we need those things, but there can still be a lot of suspicion and a lack of trust because trust is built based on connection. And we need to have the individual healthy behaviors and habits in place. We need to be working on those, yes. And the thing that's going to really cement that together is when you guys can come together and let each other in, that's when you're going to feel a sense of connection more than anything else. So once you do that, once the individual things are in place and you're starting to turn to each other and he's starting to open up more and be more vulnerable, that's going to create a feeling of safety where she can start to bring that wall down brick by brick. The wall is up in proportion to how safe she feels. I want to say that again. The wall is up in proportion to how safe she feels. And so if she doesn't feel safe at all, the wall is going to be up all the way. But through his efforts, through his ability to start to let her in, that's going to create the sense of safety so she can bring the wall down safely and can feel like it's okay to take another step forward. So I hope this has been helpful. I would encourage you guys to be focusing on that this week, paying attention to ways that you can build the relationship, start to let each other in so he can start to let her in, which then in in turn can create the safety for her to let him in, which will then help you guys come closer together and resolve any of these moments that come up because you're going to have a new sense of, you're going to have a new feeling to be able to fall back on to measure how are we doing. Okay, again, I hope that this was helpful. If so, I would love it if you wouldn't mind sending me some feedback. You can rate this, review it on the on the podcast. It helps other people to find it. And if you have any other questions or things that you'd like me to cover in episodes, you can shoot me an email at support at healingcouples.org. Again, super happy to have you guys with me. And I hope that this is helpful for this week that you can focus on and start to know how you can navigate these difficult moments. All right, we'll talk to you guys next week. Wait, before you go, I'm offering free access for my podcast listeners to a course I created. So make sure you go to coupleshealing.org so you can get some tools to start the healing process individually and in your relationship. Or if you want even more support and you'd like to work with me directly, you can contact me with the info that's on that website as well. I'm excited for you to make progress on your journey.